0: Today's sponsor is Audible, with an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more. Get a free audiobook with a 30-day trial at www.audible.com.
1: Today's podcast is also sponsored by Sonos, home theater for music lovers. For the first time ever, Sonos is offering listeners of the Game of Thrones podcast 10% off one order of $2,500 or less for any product on Sonos.com. This offer is available for a limited time only and cannot be combined with other discounts or promotions. Use the promo code GOT10, that's capital G, capital O, capital T10, at Sonos.com to receive this exclusive offer.
0: Welcome to the Game of Thrones Podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for Game of Thrones on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about season seven, episode seven, titled The Dragon and the Wolf. It's our spoiler cast. Uh Aaron's readying something that scares me. Uh-huh. Oh wait wait! I I could just be checking
1: I could just no, be checking my text you... absent mindedly
0: <laughs> while I'm doing the intro to the yeah. podcast. Yeah.
1: Nope. He's every, got his phone in hand. Every time you're talking, I'm I'm checking my text <laughs> mentally, if not I'm, physically. I'm reading or I'm reading Reddit. Yeah. Spoiler podcast more so than even normal. <laughs> uh, I I would like to I would like to begin uh the podcast talking about one of my favorite subjects. See. Yep. <laughs> the click game bowl well you've <laughs> I knew you, it you've reduced me to this because you've stopped I, I feel like I feel like you uh you're 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 not having fun The click game bowl man I feel like you're i can you're not you're not on you're you're not getting hype it's get, I, it, look, I've got it my loses, hype t shirt
0: on literally you literally do have a click game bowl shirt on. It loses some of its luster if we do it every time we say the word Clagane Bowl." I think really? so. Does it really? Does
1: it really, or does it just like keep wrapping around and being <laughs> and being more and more fun and more and and getting more and more hype? I guess here's the That's thing. the
0: eternal question.
1: It, I I have a special relationship with Colgain Bowl because it's like. Um, And I'm not saying like this is not a r slash I am very smart thing, because the majority of the Martin shit flew right over my head. But when I was reading Feast and Dance, I got the clear impression that Gravedigger with the Hound and that sir robert the strong or whatever the hell they call it, the 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 zombie mountain in the books was actually a resurrected zombie uh, mountain mm-hmm. and that you're going to I didn't know what to call it I didn't know that what the internet's term of art was but I'm like oh my god won't it be so bad for Sa- or awesome for sandor to finally get his revenge or yeah. get his head cut off or whatever <laughs> uh- and i've gone from you know this being like a niche theory that people are like legitimately excited for but like also didn't think it was going to happen to like oh man it's probably it might happen to like you know it's essentially the show's confirmed that the the hound is still around and the the mount to like now we we like i said on the show we're we're getting their um their way in like yeah. is there any doubt in your mind that the
0: clagane Bowl will not happen <laughs> Not really. No, at this point, it seems almost a foregone conclusion. When when the hound himself says, "You know who's coming for yeah.
2: you,
1: brother." You've always known. Like he's not talking <laughs> about anyone but himself. Uh huh. Thus, I, I I I mean, I, I there's
0: no man as accursed as the Hype Slayer, Jim. You, you got you got to get on board with me with this. Well, I, I think you just did it correctly. You didn't say the word. You just use the sound to symbolize to ah, evoke the word. Ah, I think that's taking it to another level that I appreciate. So, right? Yeah, yeah. If we can keep uh, evolving it as a concept, I'm I'm on board. I, the only question I have
1: is how exactly, because the, the, the traditional yeah. clogain bowl was. At at the end of Dance of Dragons, Cersei is imprisoned by the Faith Militant. Mm-hmm. She needs a champion. There's none of this horse shit, and Well, I mean, it might come uh, ban, uh, you know banning trials by combat. Right. Faith Militant calls on its best champion, Sandor, fighting out of the Quiet Isles, uh, answers the call, mm-hmm. and uh, you know has has to slay the mountain to to I guess kill Cersei. Um, you
0: know, if I had done that pod pack. Episode uh-huh. of of our podcast before the Tom and stuff happened with him banning uh-huh. the the trial by combat. Right, I would have had a bigger problem with it because it's like a core piece of that religion. It's like one of their customs, and to just sort of kind of up and ban a custom or a ritual or something, yeah, was like a bigger deal than they made it seem on the show. And I, I wish I wish I had known that at the time. Huh. It's interesting
1: because you know, speaking of the. That that religion segment you did for the pod pack Like I You know we talked about on that How that um, The Faith of the Seven is, is most Analogous to like Roman Catholicism and how that has like you know even though you know you've you've gone from its like you know when when was the peak power of Catholicism? It's hard to say because it's still a very yeah. strong institution. But mm-hmm. you got to say like when they're rolling around doing inquisitions on people and like they're essentially serving sure. as the judge, jury, executioner, as the lawmaking body, and you know uh, the, the, like multiple the moral authority everything, and everything. Yeah. Like they're making and breaking kings. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's like that their the, the height and and you can see them as like having an institutions had its its power slowly chipped away and it waxes and wanes it's like you know yeah. um you see in the western world like you know religion is kind of being uh not swept aside but like secularism by and large seems like it's getting ascendancy but then you also then have a pushback against that mm-hmm. i guess you know I don't have a pro- – I wouldn't have a problem with and banning it because I just see that as part of the push and pull, the pendulum swing of the religion's relationship. and.
0: Sure, you know. yeah. I, I guess I would have had a more nuanced take on how the people would view it because right. you could see it more as like this institution, a lot like Catholicism, which at times is less influential in people's lives. Right. And times more. And I think at that point when the faith militant comes back into the picture, it's probably less so. Mm. important to the people so when cersei goes and blows up the great sept how you know people are going to have a problem with it but how strongly will they feel about it
1: right well that's the other thing is like there's a little bit i mean that's been a little low-key disappointment the fact that cersei has you know you're right tribal combat would not only be a tradition but it's probably a popular one because blood sports have always been popular right um so the fact that you know is 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 there like a very minor plot point that the the kings landing population was really dismayed by the mountain versus the viper that like you know just like <laughs> us like every Maybe. like the the Oberyn was the favorite and then like the fact that he got killed and did that actually feel like like justice i don't know and it does seem like it's like it's it's kind of only like a lord's right the, you know a peasant can't be like i you know the king's accusing me of something and i demand trial <laughs> by combat like uh-huh. i don't i don't I don't. I don't know. And also, the other thing is, it seemed like Tom, that was a clear manipulation of Tom and by the the faith. Mm-hmm. So the fact that it came, it's like if the Pope himself comes up and says, "You know what? Uh, fish on Fridays not lo- no longer a thing." Yeah. Uh, it's probably going to be accepted by the people more so than if like you know that that came from within. Yeah, but that also—it's funny because that also is exposed the high septon for kind of the charlatan he is. He's a political animal. It's like uh-huh. it's not about God so much. as <laughs> it about? Is about his own power?
0: Yeah. So, uh, uh, the the biggest I guess problem I have with the the sound effect you just played uh-huh. uh, to not name it <laughs> is uh-huh. getting them Clegane boys back together. Mm. Like how how does that happen again? It's already happened once, and I thought the moment would have would have come, and we would have had our showdown. Yeah, Uh, because now it's it's going to be more difficult. I feel to get them back together the second time because the treachery is on.
1: Yeah, and here's the thing: like to me, and it's in the
0: open. The Bowl has always
1: been bound up with the whole the Valonqar theories because most of the you're right. If you game plan out like. Why would the mountain and the hound fight again? Well, it's it, because the you know the the northern Targaryen alliance has has defeated the White Walkers. Okay, yeah, uh, they are now marching on on King's Landing. They breached the wall. They're going through the Red Keep. They're looking for Cersei. Yeah. Sandor is on the vanguard. He busts into the throne room, and that's just it's 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 the mountain versus the hound. Yeah. But then if so, if the if the hound slays the mountain, you'd
0: think he'd go ahead and then kill Cersei. Maybe he distracts the mountain while another mm. little brother goes in and
1: kills Cersei. Because that's the thing. Like so, the, it's like, just all the little brothers together in one room. <laughs> well, that's yeah. Like that goes back to email. We got a couple of weeks where you got the essentially yeah, people yeah. running train on strangling Cersei. Just, yeah, but all it'll be the little candidates brothers. line up. Yeah. yeah. Um, because that's the thing. Like, I guess is there a way that like maybe Jamie is part of that? Because now that Jamie, that's the thing that the another right. shoe that's dropped is Jamie's Has as
0: joined the Northern
1: Tar- Targaryen Alliance, which we think
0: so. I mean, is he going to be accepted? You know, how oh, yeah. how will that work out? That's because the know, good
1: guys, but... the good guys are even if they even if Jamie was a double agent, I think they'd be too stupid to you know. That's the whole thing. Good, good is good is dumb. They triumph over evil because the plot <laughs> requires it mostly. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, so I thought it'd be also a good idea to like do a Valonqar roundup because I got so many emails okay. about this. Because, um, cause, like you know, now that like Jamie could be in this vanguard too, so you got this thing where like the Hound is essentially keeping the mountain b- busy while Jamie is I don't know strangling <laughs> Cersei because uh-huh. uh, he's definitely number one on the list. Jamie is technically her younger brother, mm-hmm. uh, and he has probably got the most. It, 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 is there because there's an intersection between who's the most appropriate little brother, who's the one that's got the most personal connection with Cersei, and what would be the 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 most satisfying dramatic twist or irony of the situation yeah. of this prophecy, which doesn't exist in the show. Mm-hmm. You know, so you got Jamie, he's up there because he's you know he he's always loved Cersei. Uh, Cersei's kind of like you know taking advantage of him or or taking him for granted. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the younger brother and she'd never see it coming and but then you you know obviously if he's at the head of the vanguard sleeping in the red she would certainly see it coming right so you're right it's hard to get the piece of the fit tyrion tyrion's almost too obvious cuz that's what the, that's what Cersei's feared her entire life yeah um so it's like almost can't be tyrion the hound he's a practice
0: strangler though
1: he, he is he a practice strangler can do it he has, yeah he's, he's he's he yeah he's choked out or already one woman mm-hmm. uh, that tried to sell him up the river the Hound is interesting because he is also a little brother. It's true, yeah, and he's also that makes the most logical sense because if he is going to kill the mountain, and the mountain is Cersei's bodyguard, then he's going to be proximate to her mm-hmm. demise. So why can't he just do it?
0: And and he does have you know the prior relationship with mm-hmm. the crown, right? Like, right, he started off in in King's Landing as an right. enforcer, so like right. that's uh, could be satisfying dramatically. Uh, You've got Euron,
1: Mm -hmm. who is, you know, Balan Greyjoy's younger brother, uh, and he is now all mixed up in Cersei's business. He is ruthless and treacherous and would not hesitate to strangle someone if he needed to. Yeah. But also, that would be kind of like from Cersei's perspective and out of nowhere. Sure, yeah. And there's no personal connection there. Which makes it very much less
0: satisfying for me.
1: Right. Uh, now we're moving on down the viability list, uh, one that keeps being mentioned is Cersei's unborn child. Okay. Assuming it's a male heir, women die, in child, we've talked about the game of pubic bones, mm-hmm. uh, the game of hip bones, like, people, women die, in and childbirth, not infrequently, especially in medieval times, uh, is that satisfying and also the 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 words of the prophecy is wrapped your there it's it's hands around your pale throat right so Hmm. is
0: that a great one not for me i mean some people might like it more than i do but not really okay um because that's the thing is like
1: i it certainly qualifies as a valonkar if it's a young if it's if it's if it's a if it's a baby boy uh, it would certainly be some kind of dramatic irony for Cersei, Cersei for Cersei. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but I, it, there's no, and I guess there's a personal relationship, but the personal relationship a mother has with their unborn child.
0: Yeah, it's a one-way street.
1: <laughs> and also, it just does. It lacks the element of, I guess, the 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 tragedy um, or the pathos because it's just yeah, something. It lacks that... intent,
0: which. Yeah. It
1: kind of sucks as far as dramatic uh,
0: concerns go. Right,
1: right. And it's, it feels like it's like a little bit of a dud of the prophecy. Um, Theon. Theon. The, the thing that Theon's got yeah, going is he is a little brother, and also um, Yara has conspicuously called him such. Yeah. In both the books and the show. Almost like. As a way to, like, in retrospect, it's like he's a, he's a Dark Horse candidate, but in retrospect, you could be like, oh, man, they put the word little brother in her mouth over and over and over again. Mm. But where's the personal relationship to Cersei? Exactly. Where's the dramatic irony?
0: Yeah, super unsatisfying for me. Yeah. If that's
1: how it goes. Yeah. It's clever, but not satisfying. Right. And finally, Arya wearing Littlefinger's face. <laughs> uh...
0: uh <laughs> Now, I don't think so This is... is a little brother. Although I think Ken... No, but would she be a little brother with his face? Cuz she's a little sister right now if she was disguised as a male. And Littlefinger's called she... little, you
1: know. He's got the whole little, thing, you know. <laughs> okay. He's got yeah. that that motif going. Uh-huh. I just don't Might know be able about to get away that. with
0: it. And I do think it's somewhat dramatically satisfying, right? Like Arya has had this list forever. Mm-hmm. So she's been on it forever. And for her to kill Cersei, I think, would be satisfying, certainly. We're getting geared up for the 6th annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an
2: early action-packed announcement to make.
1: I got a new theory that I've not seen before, which got me excited from Michael C., um, mm-hmm. that has, like, a very unique twist that got me excited here. Uh, it says, I'm very much a casual watcher slash book reader, but I've thought on the whole Valencar prophecy, and I wanted to get your feedback on it. One word on the prophecy from Maggie Frog is pale. The Valonqar will wrap his hands around your pale neck. Could it be that her neck is sliced open by someone else, such as Arya's little finger, while Jamie is holding her neck, trying to staunch the flow of blood, ultimately choking the life out of her unintentionally? Or <laughs> the fact that she's dying from the throat. But I, I can see that in my mind's eye, like Arya or someone slashing her throat, and Jamie, even though he doesn't like her and he's fighting against her side, being horrified and going and, like, wrapping his hands around her throat to try to save her, but he can't. Uh-huh. So that I think ticks off all of the things. It's dramatic irony. It's got a cleverness in a, a prophetic sense, um, and the, the the thing that keeps bugging me about the whole Valencar thing is it's just not like like I, I I think that the double Ds. What what do you think is the likelihood that George Martin told them in bullet point form who actually kills Cersei? You think I think it's, it's pretty pre- highly likely? likely. Yeah. I think it's pretty highly right likely too cuz he wrote, he wrote the prophecy and he had to have in mind someone. Right. So, I think they know who that someone is, but they are under no obligation to do the details to match up the prophecy that they left out of the show.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: Um so I can see that scene in my mind's eye and it would it would work with or without the knowledge of the prophecy and if you know the prophecy it's just it's just a giant wink and a nudge to the to the book readers that are yeah. watching the show but I think you know it just works as a dramatic scene Jamie you know wanted her
0: to be defeated but didn't want it to be like this right so yeah I mean it's head and shoulders like Jamie Jamie is in my mind the clearest most obvious choice for this whole thing right because it's just the most satisfying on every level. Right. Um but yeah, I suppose it could be a combination of people.
1: Uh let's talk about the Night King because my god, uh people are really buying into Night King theories right now. Night King All right, is secretly Tyrion, Night King is secretly John. the Night King is secretly the Lord <laughs> of the Lights.
0: Catelyn. can we get Catelyn in there? Uh, she Night hasn't been King seen for a is while.
1: Secretly Lady Stoneheart. Yep. The thing is is these these things are <laughs> Like, here's my personal theory. Uh-huh. I don't think the Night King is anybody but the Night King. I, I could go
0: there with you, he yeah. He
1: might be tapped into the dark side of the Force, that the Lord of the Light is tapped into the Light. Like, they might have a a, a spiritual connection like that. Okay. Like, the Emperor is connected to Yoda, you know? Hmm. But it's not like they're not literally the same person. Um, I like the idea that, you know, because I did this big, big big segment back in Season 4... And it's all, you know, as always, all of the um, archives of the spoiler section, at, where I actually do a deep dive in theory, are all listed in the show notes. You can click through, you can see the episode, you can get linked to the episode, and it's got a timestamp of when I start talking about it. But there's one about, like, rethinking the Night's King, the others, the Starks, and a lot of other different stuff. Where right? I did a deep dive in all this, the Night's King, and 13th Lord Commander, and what, it, what, it does, what does it mean that a Stark has to always be in Winterfell? Mm-hmm. One of the ideas, and this these goes back these these theories have been going around for many many years, is that the reason the the, the Night King is causing trouble, the reason that others are marching, is because humanity has forgotten some long term obligation of the ceasefire. Yeah, um, that we've stopped giving tribute, uh, we've stopped giving a, a, our quota of of man flesh for them to turn into others or whatever. Yeah, and like I wonder if there's going to be this thing where. Maybe the Night King is like some kind of force of nature or something that keeps some sort of balance. And it's like a Davy Jones thing from the Pirates of the Caribbean where you can't not have a Davy Jones. So, like, they defeat the Night King, but you have to have another Night King. So Jon Snow or Bran or someone becomes the Night King.
0: Hmm.
1: But I don't talk about that theory because I have not a shred of evidence. It's essentially wouldn't it be cool if... Right. Like, it, it builds a little bit of, like, well, there's some kind of obligation we don't understand, and, like, there's some, some kind of cosmic force that mankind has forgotten about, but, like, there's no real hard-set evidence.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: Um, and people love to look at, like, the way the Night King is dressed and the way that the, uh, you know, but it's just, <laughs> the like... The change of
0: actor, the, the like, cha- right, yeah. right, 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 right. Did they change him to make him look more like Bran? Right. No, no. They just couldn't afford to have Joe chill anymore. Did, why'd they change the mountain 16 times? right. Is it to look more like Cersei? No, right. come on! The first guy was kind of an
1: asshole, the second guy was too skinny, and then they got the one... Right. They got the ones just right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, like, I just... The thing is, like, I... You can't just write in and say, I think the Night King is brand thoughts. Like, and you can't just say... <laughs> yeah. The Night King and Bran dress the same thoughts, because, like, as we talked about, the Night King dresses like a warrior from the north, which... Mm-hmm. It's not a stretch to say he was, because back when they, the Night King and the others and the men first tussled, they were the first men. Everyone on Westeros was the first men. They were all Northerners. Yeah. So it would make a lot of sense if he had the same dress. Like, he he looks a lot like the Night's Watch. Does that mean the Night's King and the Night Watch are, are connected? Maybe. I
0: mean, last episode, I thought Cersei and Daenerys looked a lot alike. They did. they both in their queenly garb. What are they trying to suggest? Is Daenerys and Cersei the same person? Of course fucking not. It's just a motif. It's it's just an aesthetic, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So...
1: (laughs) And that's the thing. It's like that's that. So I guess going forward, because, you know, even when we go on to like, like next week is all about recapping season seven and we're going to start recapping season two. Yeah. And traditionally we have a spoiler section where we talk about just general open ended stuff and, and whatnot going forward. Like, I feel like since this show, anyone can be anyone because of innumerable magical devices. You got the face men, sure. you yeah. got uh, you got glamoring, you got all this other shit that you know, it's like in a world, like, if shape-shifting was a thing, mm-hmm. like, video evidence of someone committing a crime would be worthless in court because it could just be like, well, we all can shape-shift, so you, you'd you need some other extraordinary yeah. evidence to convict someone of the crime. I feel like we need to put that standard in place that, like... You have to have really good evidence pointing towards something. It can't just be a cool idea because there's a billion cool ideas out there that might be true or not. Right. And the only way to give one currency over the other is is, is hardcore evidence. So. Yeah. Anyway, I yeah, I really I I don't think the Night King is anybody but the Night King, but I've also been wrong many times before. Uh, we I'm going to try to keep this short because we got a lot of stuff to get to. Uh, we have a wrap up week of Game of Thrones coming up next week where mm-hmm. we put season seven to bed. We got a full full podcast. It's going to be loaded with feedback um, about the season and maybe some thoughts of what's coming ahead. And then we also will have a podcast. Uh, Wrapping up the spoiler section We're going to have our buddy Kim Renfro come on to talk About uh, theories and speculation We also have our Stranger Stranger Things Coverage kicking off real soon, we're going to rewatch The first season in anticipation for the second Mr. Robot's coming up American Horror Story Cult, me and Cecily Going to start covering that next week, Walking Dead's Coming soon, done with summer We're moving into fall, lots of stuff going on At baldmove.com, check it out
0: and in addition to all that stuff, we also have the pod pack going on right now, the Game of Thrones pod pack. Uh, it's a project I set up over the course of the last month or so uh, to gather a bunch of the Game of Thrones podcasters, uh, about 10 of them, and get each one to produce a special episode of their podcast and package it all up into a nice pod pack. Wh- whom is among this august company? Oh, man, we got so many good people. We've got the cast of Thrones. We've got the... Game of Microphones from Podcastica. We've got uh Pot of Thrones. We got a Storm of Spoilers. We got Bald Move. We got Jay and Jack. We got Cast of Kings. Yeah, sure. Why not? We got them all. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't.
1: Asterix. Some podcasts not applied, not, <laughs> yeah. not included.
0: We definitely didn't get them all, but we got a lot of good ones, and I think you uh, will enjoy it if you go check it out. If you go to PodPack.BaldMove.com, you can go read all the details. It's a good thing that we're doing for charity. Um, we're also getting some of these podcasters paid a little bit of money as well, and I think it's a uh, it's a pretty cool thing, and a lot of people have been signing up so far.
1: And so. also, we decided, um, you know, we already had this charity picked out before the hurricane hit yeah. uh, Texas, but we've decided, uh, and it's too late to change a lot of those details. But Jim and I have decided that our cut that's going to Bald Move for our efforts, we're going to donate to. To the Hurricane Harvey Relief Fund Which is actually uh, it's, it's, it's it's a local charity created by the mayor of the town And the county judge I guess mm. um, And it's going to be Because uh, it, it, there's a thing this is a city of 6 million people. It's 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 so flooded. There's like 80 I heard 80,000 homes are going to be destroyed. That's people yeah. that are going to be out of a place to live for years to come. Like yeah. if any if Katrina is any example for how long it's going to take to get Houston back on its feet. It's going to need a lot of money over a long time. So um if if, if we had just decided this a week ago, we probably made the whole thing about it. But we're going to yep. take our cut and give it to, to 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 Houston and the surrounding areas and the Hurricane Harvey Relief Fund. So, yeah. Um, and it's they're all unique podcasts based on a little extra information that you're not going to get in the course of our regular coverage.
0: Yeah, a little twist on the regular show that everybody's doing.
1: Right. So, so you can get that at podpack.baldmove.com. Uh, get some good stuff for your ears. We're going to be missing missing Game of Thrones. Help out your fellow uh, or help out your favorite podcasters and
0: uh, help some some good causes. Podpack. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible. And if you've listened to our podcast before, you're no stranger to the Audible service.
1: Yeah, Audible supported uh, Bald Move for a long time. They have. And we're grateful and, to, for
0: them. You know, we're we're like the hair club for men. We're not just. Uh, uh, promoter we're also uh, customers we're also the president ripping off
1: the aria's mask (laughs) we're the president of audible it's been a scam this whole time
0: yep getting paid Uh, coming and going no but we we have both signed up for audible in the past um and i'm i don't know about you but i'm still currently a customer i really enjoy their service uh they provide a lot of audiobooks, uh, a ton like pretty much any book you can think of that is is mainstream enough and is not like a hundred years old. Like they've for example, got
1: the entire works of The Song of Ice and Fire by one George
0: R. R. Martin. Right. Unabridged. Yeah. Or if you want to get ready for the King Killer Chronicle stuff. They've got that stuff up there. They've got Ready Player One. Ready Player One's up there. That's how I listen to it. Yeah. It's uh it's a really good service and it's actually really cheap for what you get. Like I look at the prices of a lot of those audiobooks. Um and i'm signed up monthly so every month i get a credit for an audiobook right uh and some of those books are 25 30 dollars a shot but i'm paying you know 16 bucks a month so
1: that, that's pretty good value for me right yeah and i like the fact they they got this thing where like you know you can't make more time did you essentially just make the best best use of it and that audible allows you the times where you might be otherwise playing candy crush or listening to Spotify, nothing there's anything wrong with listening to music, but if you want to you know have maybe have a little bit more edification um it allows you to steal those moments and since it's compatible with every like mobile phone yeah. smartphone on the planet there's a there's an audible app it's an awesome way to do that and if you're like me like i'm a I like to read first rather than be read to. What's awesome is that you, if you have uh, like a Kindle or a device that reads Kindles, you can use the same WhisperSync technology that synchronizes where you're at in the book across all your different platforms. Yeah, same stuff works for Audible, so it's super cool to like read a chapter of Game of Thrones or even get in the middle of the chapter and I and my eyes close and I put the book down at night. Get in my car the next morning, fire up Audible on the way to work, and bam, it starts right from where I left off from reading. And that's really yeah. cool. And the the players got all these cool features where you can increase the speed of uh, the mm-hmm. the the person that's reading the the narrator. Uh, you can decrease it. Um, there's all kinds of ways that you can control it and have and have control of the listening experience.
0: Yeah, and like you, I I like to jump in my car and listen to that. I got like a 20 minute drive to work to and to and from uh, every day. So I get through about a book a month um, doing that with the Audible service, uh, just listening in the car. Honestly. And, and you can you know you can do it during chores whenever
1: yeah and if you do choose the game of thrones package i will say that the narrator rory doitrice is a really cool guy in fact he yeah. played the uh, pyromancer in season 2 um and he's got a re- he's like a like a man of a thousand voices he does huh all these different... Oh, I, you didn't know that? I didn't know that, no. Yeah, yeah, he's the old, like, oh, yeah, wildfire's so strong. Yeah, he's, he's, okay. he's got all these different accents and dialects and pitches that he uses, and it's it's really entertaining to to listen to him read.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Uh, so, if you would like to take advantage of Audible's offer, uh, you can go to audible.com slash GOT, and you get a free audio book with a 30-day trial. Um... Again, that's audible.com slash G-O-T. In case you don't know how to spell audible, it's A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash G-O-T. Alright,
1: let's get to the uh, feedback. Uh, Game of Thrones at com. Uh... Again, we are doing a full production, a spoiler podcast next week as an addition to a regular a non-spoiler wrap-up. Kim Renfro said she's definitely coming on to the podcast. I'm recording a segment cool. with her on Wednesday, so it'll be, it'll be super, super fun, and we're going to keep this going through season two, too. Andrew M., I want to ask you something concerning the Night King. I hear everywhere that, uh, ev- I've, I hear everywhere that we've seen the creation of him, but why is everyone so certain of that? When Bran Green sees the White Walker's origins He says you created the White Walkers No one says the Night King specifically And we don't see little crown spikes sprout from his head So I don't see what definitively distinguishes him From any White Walker
0: I mean he's the first of his kind So we assume he would be the king The the big smoking gun is
1: entirely meta That the same actor Vladimir Furtick um, Plays both the northerner Who's being like having the obsidian shoved into his heart By the children of forest And the Night King Okay so that that's yeah. I mean that's meta, but it's also a really damn good reason to suspect they're the same pe- the yeah. person. Uh and and in absence of strong evidence otherwise, it's just it's just one of the things where we who else would he be? He's mm-hmm. like White Walker Prime. Yeah. And he's got the crown to kind of, you know.
0: So I mean if you if you want to doubt it, that's fine. I, I guess I just, why would you assume he's not? Right. <laughs> I, right. I, I guess I suppose like yeah, if you want to take a stance on something, a positive statement of fact, you have to have proof well, to back so it Well, so I
1: up, guess but... – so one idea would be like if he was not – if he was not that person, mm-hmm. then it could be that the others, the White Walkers, were a force for good or at least a force that fought on the children of then side and that the Night King is a subversive right. force like he's like a demonic entity that maybe subverted them for their, their true but that's you're getting you're already way into fan fiction like everything I just said is and what, shit that I just hmm. made up to, to justify talking about it
0: also with what we know of how the mechanics of the White Walkers work wouldn't the first one to turn still have to be alive for any of them to be alive what do you mean by that like if, if everyone that that one of the White Walkers has turned. Every, every white. Um, I, I guess I don't know if we. Do we know if that idea that if you kill a White Walker, all of its whites dies applies to White Walkers as well?
1: That's the thing. We don't. I mean, yeah. Barrick asserted it as true, but we don't
0: know. Well, we don't. Like, I don't know if there's. Like if you kill if the, the different King. classes, are. Yeah. Do all the other White Walkers die? Right. Or and also, we also don't the know. Did the, did,
1: the white, did the Children of the Forest just create. One White Walker right, did who they became the Night King, 100. that then sired everybody else, or did they create like a Dirty Dozen or however arbitrary number? That right, we don't know that. Don't know enough yet. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, Matthew L says you guys brought up uh whether the Night King should have been burned but when, um, or, can, or can be burned um, or destroyed by fire, but when we, when he walks through the flames, the flames receded. The flames appear to be chest mm-hmm. high. They go down to his ankles as he approaches and then launches his eye spear.
0: Yeah, but it's not dragon fire. That's, see, so, this like, is... <laughs> this is what we talk about when we say, oh, can someone walk through burning carts after the dragons set them on fire? Right. I, who knows?
1: I mean, and that's like, this it goes back to my days of debating Star Trek versus Star Wars. There's a person who'll say... Picard said the main deflectors of the Enterprise-D, no laser can penetrate them. Uh, they they like, oh, you have to have phasers, laser's old technology. And they will use that to then say that the Enterprise-D could shrug off the Death Star blast. Right. Now, if you believe the Enterprise-D can can put up more resistance than the entire planet of fucking Alderaan, Uh I don't know what to tell you. Um, because like there's a difference between a small fire that this guy could just by his natural coldness and, and badassery can overcome and even suppress mm-hmm. and like Drogon just fucking like pouring it on right yeah. on him. Yeah. Or wildfire or I mean, the, the like guy that.
0: the guy couldn't dock down the fucking wall, but right. a dragon could.
1: <laughs> right. Like, you know, there's like if you're wearing a fire retardant race suit, that doesn't mean you can jump into a volcano. <laughs> right. There's right. limits to all of this stuff. And granted it's yeah. magic, so We don't know where the limits are. We don't know what the limits are or and, and there's possible that there are no limits. Like maybe
0: Danny could like maybe. swim in lava. Who the fuck knows? And maybe the knight can walk through literally any any amount of fire he'd like. Right. I don't know. I mean, physically, I don't think Danny could swim through
1: lava because lava is liquid rock, and she would, she would, you know, I don't think she could actually sink through it.
0: But no. I don't know, Scrooge McDuck can swim and run. That's right, right. So who knows?
1: You know, I mean, like, why don't we talk about that for a minute? Like, how can a duck swan dive 100 <laughs> feet into to essentially solid metal, right, and not completely break his neck? Does he have some magic? Is he impervious to money?
0: I think we could probably go into this on a bald move TV. If you drop if,
1: if you if you dropped a ton of gold bullion on Scrooge yeah. McDuck, would it kill him? No, or would he'd he just swim. like swim through it like he nothing. Would. All yeah. right, well, we got that solved anyway. Uh, look forward to our Ducktales podcast. <laughs> yeah. coming to our Disney coverage soon. Josh L. In episode five of the season, as Tam, tri- as Sam tries to convince the Maesters of the true threat of the Whites. One of the learned dicks says, Don't forget the prophet Lodos, who claimed the drowned god would rise up and destroy Aegon the Conqueror. <laughs> <laughs> now that we know that John's true name is Aegon, I think we have to accept the possibility that this prophecy is actually about John. The oh conquering boy. bit could just be about John's fight to reclaim the lands of Westeros from the others. In the books, Euron claims to actually be the Drowned God. The line is in retort to Dampere, who says that Euron is mocking the Drowned God. I do not mock the Drowned God. I am the Drowned God. Alright, Seems- this is a theory with some supporting evidence. Seems odd to just drop that bit of information to the show without reason. All this being said, do you see John falling to Euron? Seems like Euron is playing a bigger role in the end game of all this. Would you be satisfied if Euron comes back and ends up being a pivotal character despite having such little tv time
0: i would have at the beginning of this season but with how how heavily they've leaned into the euro stuff maybe not yeah and uh what is that guy's
1: uh, i did the panel with the booth um emmett booth yeah does poor quentin he's got this whole elaborate theory that he's worked up essentially ever since the um uh, the Forsaken chapter from The Winds of Winter was leaked out. Or not leaked out, Martin released it as a preview. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's almost done three years ago. <laughs> um, and he's got this whole theory that, like, this is Martin's... Because Martin is, like, he's got the Frankenstein myth that he's woven in with uh, uh, with Gregor. Hmm. He's got zombies. He's got arguably werewolves in the form of the Starks warging and their, their sigil of being the wolf. Um, you know, some people think he slyly put in a vampire reference with Bruce Bolton, by the way. Check out the Spoiler Archive if you want to see that awesome theory. It's I think the first the thing is the first one I did. Um, there like that that the, he's got this idea that like he's paying homage to all these like horror tropes and, you know, uh a big one would be like the Cthulhu mythology. And mm-hmm. like they've got the Kraken theme, and they've got the deep ones, and they've got the drowned god and like all this stuff l- lines up very very neatly. Uh, and he's got this fairly I mean, I think it's a kind of like in the, the bat shit tinfoil theory, but like it's 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 very well referenced and a lot of evidence behind it.
0: Cersei has acid blood like the aliens, yes, the xenomorphs.
1: Yes. Um so but they're not fired. The xenomorphs are notably not fireproof. That's true. Flamethrowers yeah. sort their hash out, that's canon. Sure too. Uh so I I mean I the double D's are a playful bunch. Uh, a playful pair. I wonder if you, if, if they would do that just because they saw, like, you know, uh, Emmett's theory and thought it was funny, or thought it was cool or clever, and, mm-hmm. like, threw that in, or like I've been talking about a lot of the season, a, you know, we could see a full-blown Cthulhu-type low-cutis-of-borging of Euron, and, like, all these theories could be, like, just no shit, like, legi- legitimately on the table.
0: Yeah, no, I the reintroduction of Euron Surprised me, um, and it continues. I guess to to confound me as to exactly what they're trying to do with him, right? And so it, that's as good a good theory as any, and it has some supporting
1: evidence. And I also don't think that he's there to just do Cersei's bidding. He doesn't yeah. seem like a lackey. No. So, like, what is his actual game? Is his actual game going to be to try to woo Danny? Um, is his actual game going? To, and and also, what kind of because there's so much to the Greyjoy plot in the books, like is if 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 the double Ds are like trying to like, you know, take um, uh, Victarion and Euron and mash them together and kind of do a mishmash of their plots, like that's who who knows what they're up to. Mm-hmm. But I do think I do think you're right that Euron's going like if you think that Euron's going to go pick up the gold company with Cersei's gold and come out here and fight her war for her, <laughs> I, I just don't see it. Yeah. Hmm. I think that's why I think that that we're supposed to understand that Cersei's plan is a foolish one in the same vein of arming the faith. Like, this is the step. We're at the stage where she's armed the faith militant and thinks she's solved all of her problems. Yeah. She has formed the alliance with Euron Greyjoy for his ships, and here's all these wagons full of gold for you to go over to Essos and get this army for me so you can be... And I will fuck you over in the end because I'm really in love with my brother. Yeah. I We just haven't seen the step where the High Sparrow arms his guys and arrests the <laughs> royal family and right. and takes her to the Black Cell and shaves her
0: hair and shame, shame, shames her. We uh-huh. haven't got to that point in the story yet. Yeah, I I would actually say... You know, if I'm looking at Euron and I'm saying, okay, how does Danny feel about him at the moment? She's probably pretty pissed at him. She probably hates his guts because he destroyed her fleet, right? Sure. Yeah. But could that all be just sort of getting her in a position of, of like being over a barrel where she kind of needs the ships he's going to have. Are you saying that's Euron's version of pulling her pigtails on the schoolyard? Uh, Not exactly, (laughs) but yeah, yeah, no, Um, it's more to like get her in a position where she needs him for something, um, for the thing he's got, which is the fleets, uh, the fleet and the army. Maybe, maybe, but uh, I don't know. There just isn't enough, on the table yet the cards aren't out there
1: look I hate the Greyjoys more than anyone I really really was bummed when they came back into the plot but I gotta say even as a hater yeah there's gonna be something big coming he's gonna be a major part of next season and probably gonna be engineering a twist or two if not three so (laughs) okay he's a new little finger and I've stopped stopped worrying and I've learned to love the Greyjoys so uh, hopefully everyone can too Matt B, I don't know if it's been mentioned before, but you've been talking about the season seven Magnificent Seven plot being stupid, and the plan to go north of the wall to grab a white just seemed contrived to get the Night King, uh, get or to hit the Night King, getting a dragon bullet point. In the books, we have Victorian Greyjoy and the Chekhov's gun at the horn that can bind a dragon, aka the Dragon Binder. Mm-hmm. Obviously, at some point, that horn has to be used. My guess in the books is the way we get from to the ice dragon is the Victorian uses the horn to bind one of Danny's dragons. The red priest he rescued from the water convinces him that he should go north to attack the Night King uh, to end the war between the dead and the living, which is Rilor's goal, and B impress Danny enough that she wants to marry him. His own stated aim. If he goes north and loses the dragon, then this seems to make more sense in the book, and this isn't a silly contrived plot point that would fit in with his character's uh, goals. Uh, that would fit in with those characters' goals to impress and be the conquering hero. What
0: do you think of that, Jim? That he takes the horn that we haven't really been privy to in the show at all. Well, he's
1: saying this is this is a diff. This is instead of using the books to try to understand the show. This is using the show to try to understand where the books are going. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So you care about? I guess I sh- maybe I shouldn't ask you this. I should take this myself because <laughs> you it, don't care so much about that other one. Yeah. Other to way. me, the
0: horn is a non-existent sort of thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of talk about the horns. Like I, it would be interesting if the horn. Like I, the, the plot. The because here's the thing. Victorian is an idiot, and and nothing good is going to come from his plot. Um. Like he's essentially a a bigger strap, more strapping, scarier Quentin in my book. Um, but it would be interesting if he actually does bind a dragon and loses it to the Night King. So that'd be a way to do that. It'd also be interesting if um, it turns out that this dragon binder doesn't drag uh, bind dragons. It tears down the wall or something because mm-hmm. there's also the Horn mm-hmm. of Joramund, which confuse the two horns and blow it's, the wrong one and it, whoops. Well, but like the Horn of Jormand, I don't know if that's a real thing no. um, or if that's something that the Wildlings invented as kind of like a, a, a big bluff. Like it seems for all the world in the books that that's what it is but if it was based on something real um, maybe the Dragonbinder is actually the Horn of Joramond. I, I, I don't know, but there's too, much hor- there's too much talk of magical horns in the book for there to come up the, for, the, for, for nothing to come of them, yeah, it seems to me. Uh, while we're on the topic of horns, Eric C., uh, in the spoiler podcast, you talked about the Night King getting a dragon and or getting a white being a plot in the books. I doubt it. The Double Ds lost a plot point of the Horn of Joraman, which is supposed to bring the wall down, and I think they needed to find a new way to get the wall down. An ice dragon seems like the answer.
0: Hmm. Uh, I feel I, like that's such a huge development that to... To just do it in the show when George had no guidance on a frost dragon or did whatever. You, like, did
1: you watch the behind the scenes this week? Because, I didn't know.
0: Okay, because the way they talked about it
1: when they were saying we're in the writers' room and we knew that something that whatever brought down the wall had to be something big and we came up with this concept that I they're talking about uh. it as if this is something like they knew the wall was going to fall and this this I mean I think Eric might be right on that like shit. We actually had the horn in that cache of Dragonglass, like that, that, that's similar to the books that Sam and John finds, but then we didn't make much of it. And, but we got to tear down the wall and let what, what could conceivably. It's just
0: such a shift in the balance of power. Yeah. To do that on a whim to bring down the wall. Like, I would as a writer, I would have almost said, okay, we need to go back and we need to do a little bit of groundwork yeah. going into this season to to lay this horn out and tell people what it is and where it is and how it can be used and then use it because giving the White Walkers a dragon is a huge shift of the balance of power in Well, so it,
1: I, I think it's possible that both things are true, that there's a bullet point that says the wall will be destroyed by the Horn of Joramun and there's also a bullet point that says yeah. that the Night King will get ice dragon because there's a okay. lot... There's a lot that. of textual evidence of th- there's a fact like there's rumors that there's an ice dragon buried in the wall. There's rumors that there's a dragon buried below uh, Winterfell, which can mean lots of different things. Like some people say that's the source of the geothermal. It's it's oh. it's, 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 a, it's it's a it's an old wives' tale about why Winterfell stays warm. It's got a geothermal heat under it and it stays unnaturally warm even during the worst of the winters. Hmm. It's yeah. also a metaphor to describe the fact that like Rhaegar's. Famous silver harp is buried with Leanna. but you know could there's even all mean this. John himself it, in a weird way. Sure, because yeah. he's an ice. Dra- so there's a lot of this kind of symbolism baked in, and also one of George's other books that he wrote was literally about the ice dragon. So that it could be something where he's okay. mining this concept. So I, I feel like the okay. both of those things could be true. If that's and the case, then yeah, the double not. Ds are like, well, let's just consolidate that. Right. We don't have the horn. We do have this dragon. Would people buy a magic
0: white dragon being able to blow the wall down like the big bad wolf? Then, then in yeah. that case, it's a good idea. Like, if you have both of those bullet points, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Just I wish they would have gotten to it a little bit better.
1: Yeah. I guess that's the thing. Is like it, other than that interview, it would have surprised me to know that, like, they just freestyled on how the wall gets knocked down. But, boy, yeah. they sure talked about it as if that's what they did. Hey, last week we talked about our newest sponsor, Sonos, and uh, how they're the, the manufacturer of these really high-end uh, wireless speaker systems. Yeah. And, uh, and, and and Jim and I both have got a copy now. Like, mm-hmm. last week, it's just me. Now you've you've gone into the Sonus experience. And I watched Game of Thrones on it. It was awesome. It is awesome. 5.1. And it's it's so cool because, like, you know, the pain in the ass of the traditional surround sound system is you have to, like, you know, run wires. You either got them run yeah. under your carpet, and you snag it, and you got a big, little mound in your carpet now, or you got to run them through the walls or through the crawl space or just have ugly wires going here. This, all you need is a, a source of power. Yeah. And you set up the first speaker, and you put in your Wi-Fi, and it's like a two-step process. And then every additional speaker, they essentially discover each other. And there's maybe a, a bit of, like, the subwoofer asks you, how much, how much ass do you want to kick? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. And there's, there's also really cool things. Like, it, it's a, there, there's got a way where you can sit in the middle, and, like, it adjusts the delays and everything to, like, get the stereo effect to work just right. Yeah, it seemed to work really well. And it's like, I mean, you know, this stuff, when you open it, it's heavy-duty. Like I'm impressed by the amount of sound that you get from a speaker that's roughly the size of like I don't know a large coffee thermos. Sure. Like the sound that you can get out of that, and I don't. I don't have mine set up in five one or five. What is it? 5.1? 5.1, five, five, five one. Yep. Uh, I don't have it set up in five one mode. I've actually got the uh, the 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 little units just spread out throughout the house.
0: Yeah. So that's the cool thing. You can kind of set up different zones of your house and you can stream only to a specific zone. So it's not like you need the play base and these other things are just kind of satellites of the play base. It can be that, but it can also be like this thing where you have the play base hooked up to your TV and also these standalone room speakers that you can just stream to individually. Right it's, it's really like a hybrid Between a 5.1 system And a whole home streaming and It's cool Cause I've got like I've got my zones Are living room, kitchen And bedroom So
1: mm-hmm. like I can be listening I can While I'm cooking Or doing dishes I can have the TV In the living room And have the p- sound Piped into the kitchen So I can mm-hmm. clearly hear it Without blowing the house out And then
0: you can uh, When it's bedtime Put a Weem away On yeah. on the bedroom yeah. speaker. Or I can I can have the whole house Ventura I can scene. I
1: can have the whole house Jam into the same song And yeah, it's super right. easy With the app to do that So uh-huh. I'm just really impressed by because uh, we got the play bass, we got the sub, and we got two play ones. I'm really impressed by the sound quality. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm really impressed by the ease and convenience and the packaging. Like, it was like, I, I, I just, uh, the like, everything is like, super high in experience. And, like, you can tell they got confidence in their products because there is no, like, extended. So it's like there's this quick start guide, and that's it.
0: Yeah, it essentially says
1: download the app. Plug it in, it's all download there. the app, yep. you're done. And, and then for each additional speaker It just gets easier So I, like yeah. I said I'm, I'm gushing Because I think it's a great product And it's awesome And it's, it's a lot of fun To watch Game of Thrones on it It's a lot of fun To play video games on it It's a lot of fun To listen to music uh, And uh, Sonos For the first time ever Uh, is offering listeners of this year's podcast, the Game of Thrones podcast brought to you by Bald Move. 10% off one order of $2,500 or less for any product on Sonos.com. This offer is available for a limited time only, cannot be combined with other discounts or promotions. Use our promo code GOT10, that's capital G, capital O, capital T, one zero at Sonos.com to receive this exclusive offer. Another sponsor for this podcast is Bald Move itself at club sponsored it at club.baldmove.com. Uh, not only are we cu- well, not only customers of baldmove.com, <laughs> we're, we're the, we're president. the president's founder direct uh, the dictator in chief. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know if you've enjoyed our coverage and we've done a lot of podcasts, and uh, you know our last podcast was downloaded in its first week by a million people. a million people are enjoying this podcast. <laughs> Wow! Know that the only way we can do like three podcasts a week, the only way that we're going to be able to do the the coverage of Stranger Things, Mr. Robot, Walking Dead, American Horror Story, Westworld, all the stuff we're going to be covering in the months and, and the year ahead, and the w- way we're going to be able to come back at uh, Game of Thrones season, season 8 even stronger, the reason we're going to be able to continue rolling with Game of Thrones Season 2 is because we have direct listener support. They're able to fund us full-time so we can have the time and effort to put into these podcasts and give you the information and the the community that, that that you're craving for. Uh, And a great way to pay back is go to club.baldmove.com. It's not pure altruism. You get a lot out of it. You get a lot of special audio and video features, ad free feeds, VIP access to the forums, a lot of special features by signing up at club.baldmove.com. And most importantly, you keep bald move operating at peak efficiency, peak game of Thrones, three podcasts a week. Efficiency. So thanks for all the the, the the many people who have joined the club thus far in the season, and hopefully a lot of you uh, people will be sticking around and uh, can support us in the future. Club Uh JG asks us, what is the Lord of Light's end goal? With recent events, it seems like he has been almost setting up all these pieces so the Night King can get all the tools he needs to break through the wall and make an assault. Is it possible the Lord of Light is actually the Night King? Both the Lord. <laughs> here's the evidence. Both the Oof. Lord of Light and the Night King seem to share the same signature move of raising people from the dead. All the Lord of Light's moves seem to point uh, all the characters in a direction of getting the Night King a dragon. The Lord of Light is the only god in Westeros that seems to actually be able to do things, uh, such as create shadow babies, provide visions, and fire raising the dead. Nah, the Night I King. I don't buy se-
0: that, but okay.
1: Well, you're right, because the old gods yeah. can, if not raise the dead, then provide the vision, yeah. visions and war and do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. The Night King seemed like he was waiting or wanting the dragons to show up. He has his ice spears, big chains, and he's just sitting there watching the island for, uh, for, of heroes. If the Lord of Light is on the side of good, then many of his moves seem to make very little sense. Is it possible the Night King can use fire as a magical telephone? So, to me, this is actually more evidence that the lord of the light is on the other side of the spectrum of the same energy or godhood or intelligence that the great other is on right they have very similar but you know like uh i don't know the emperor's got his force lightning and Yoda's got his lifting a starship out of Dagobah. Uh-huh. You know? Equally dangerous. <laughs> hey, did you see him throwing that Senate chamber around? I did. I did. he fuck you up with that. Um, his backflips are superb. Because, like, I, I, I don't... I mean, the, the one thing I guess that's got going for this is... Why does the Lord of Light lead Barak and Thoros and the Hound to this mountain? Cause that seems like hmm. now maybe it's because he knew that they he needed a, the the John was going to need all three of those characters to get the but that's like it's almost like it's almost like the 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 Lord of Light is behind that plan right like like he approves he tacitly approves uh-huh. of the stupid stealing a white plan
0: this I, I guess this is the there's a problem with mere mortals trying to figure out the plan of an omnipotent super being right like yeah if you were to say oh well it seems stupid because or or the lord of light must be working for this other side because they got a dragon and the lord of light pushed them in that direction well maybe that dragon needs to happen so that something later down the line that changes the whole the whole balance can yeah. happen you know yeah like maybe it's the thing that kicks Danny's butt into gear and yeah. gets her moving in the right direction when she wouldn't have without the dragon getting turned. Yeah. So it's a sacrifice to be made for a long-term goal. I don't know. I mean, I've always read it as the Lord of Light is in opposition to everything cold and dark and, and, right. and like everything that the, the Night King, or for our purposes here, the Great Other, stands for.
1: But also, we don't think at the it end is. of this series that death will be defeated. Right, so like you know, like we're not going to have a race of um, like uh, of death, no. Yeah, no. But so I guess that's the thing. Like you know, in Star Wars, they had this prophecy of Anakin's going to be the messiah figure that brings balance to the Force. Right. Well, why did the Force need to be balanced when like you know, essentially does does balance of Force mean the good controls the galaxy? <laughs>
0: It does seems like imbalance, to right? Me. Because
1: like for millennia, we're told the Jedi kind of held things down, and like yeah. was the universe in balance? Then, like is, is the presence of the for, the Sith imbalancing it? Doesn't seem like it, right? It, it could be that the Jedi themselves have gotten too far up their own ass and too crawled up in this ascetic warrior monks. Uh, mythology that they needed to be be brought to balance. And they need to, they, you know, like Luke Skywalker and Anakin is like bringing the passion and the love and mm-hmm. all that back into the order that's been missing. Like, it, you know, th- this is this is a pretty hoary science fiction fantasy trope, but it could be, it's not like a war against good and evil. It's more of like trying to bring some sort of balance. Yeah. And because, I again, if the enemy of the Lord of Light is death, then that's never going to be defeated. Sure, it's just you know the, the like the like the Night King represents the complete victory of death. The Lord of the Light represents the staving off of that. And you can't ever have like you know men can never be immortal, and the Night King can't kill everybody. So, but th- you're right. That's you we're we're trying to really fathom <laughs> what a god is thinking. Yeah. Of logic that we barely understand and powers that we don't even fully understand how they work. Yeah.
0: I, I can't even pinpoint what Brand is thinking at any moment. So
1: Right. Except for his sister looked pretty sweet the night she got married, Mary raped. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs>
1: Creep. Uh, Casey from Akron, Ohio. I want to get your thoughts on the army of dead walking through the fallen wall at Eastwatch at the end of the episode. I didn't believe it until I went back and saw it for myself, but the dead formed the head of a J- dire wolf. <laughs> so she's talking about this was going around the internet, is going around Reddit. The aerial shot where you see the Army of the Dead kind of streaming through the ruined section of the wall looks like, uh, like a Mendelbrot plot. Like you know,
0: <laughs> what do you see when you look at? This? Yeah, it
1: looks like it looks like a, a Rorschach pattern. Yeah, but some people are seeing a direwolf sigil in this.
0: I I can see it. I mean, I. I understand why people might say that, yeah. I mean, I see a little bit, I guess, of an
1: eye and a snout and an ear, but it's certainly yeah. not like a dead on impression. And like, it's like, what is the second set of ears? It's in, in, like coming off the neck of the wolf, and like, why are there like bubbles in him? And I, I, to me, like, I don't, this is not, this is not scream, this is not scream dire wolf sigil to me. Okay. Can we,
0: My my first question is, so what? Like, I, I'm going to grant it. Okay. I'm going to say, yes, absolutely, there's a direwolf there.
1: I'm glad you asked. I'm glad so Casey, Casey will, will helpfully uh, tell, tell you. Okay, good. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's always been speculation that the Night King was once a Stark. They're pretty much the oldest family in the realm. Uh, this is entirely possible. Pla- plausible, she says. Maybe this is just an Easter egg to the next season. If it's true and comes out that he was once a Stark, uh, I'm curious uh, mm-hmm. what use this will have to the story. I,
0: I would say not all old people are Starks, but all Starks are old people. Like, <laughs> yes, their their lineage goes way back, but I think there were also non-Starks out there, right? Well, so there's the the book version of the Night King, which is not related.
1: A lot of people love to tell me this. The Night's King, which is this old, right. old mythological figure that the 13th Lord Commander, who old Nan in the books tells us was a Stark, uh... Was seduced by this female White Walker, and he had an immoral relationship with her, and he subverted the Night's Watch and made them agents of the de- of, of the of death, and had to be defeated. Um. So I guess okay. To the extent that like is probably a northerner that got turned was definitely a northerner, definitely one of the first men, and Starks are some yeah. of the oldest that it would it would make all sense. But even Casey's here saying, what use will that have to the story? Like I lit I literally I don't, don't know, know like. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't. It, it, there's been evil Starks. There's been bad Starks. Mm-hmm. So, like, with a Stark being the ultimate evil, and yet, and then another Stark slash Targaryen being the ultimate good, like, what, what. I'm trying to think of what, bad what, Starks the there, in the there? show.
0: I, I can't actually think of any real bad Starks in the show, though, right? No, no, yeah. Like, I in would. the show, they're portrayed as this you know, bastion of honesty right. and loyalty. And like, Ned's brother goodness. Brandon
1: seems like he could be kind of an asshole, but, like, like in a meathead jock kind of way, yeah, not, yeah. Like, 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 Biff Tanner. Not in an undead takeover the if world. If Biff sort Tanner of like. is evil, then, like, maybe Brandon on his worst day could be <laughs> that version of evil.
0: So He's maybe in the boy. show they are going for something like that, and it's going to be a big twist, but th- then you have to say, where are they getting that from? Is right. it from Martin? Because... Right. the You know, all the legends of the Starks are not good, like you said. And also you've so. got, like,
1: even the Targaryens. They're a mixed bag. You've got, like, Aegon. He seems like a really good guy. Or, you know, for a guy who, who burns armies to death, he's, he at least was, you know, trying to be a good king. You had Baylor the Blessed. You had J- the Jaehaerys. Uh, uh, and then you've got the, you know... Um, uh, Aegon the Unworthy, and you've got the Mad
0: King Aerys. Like it's just you know, like so what? I'm surprised this wasn't cited as like evidence for John or Bran potentially being the Night King.
1: <laughs> that they're well, I mean, yeah, that may, maybe they're a little bit more steeped in lore because I guess that's the, but that's the thing. Like again, if if he turns out to be a Stark, what is that going to blow John's mind? Is it gonna? It might be a book thing, but I, I just don't. I don't see like it, it. could be a thing, but I don't know that it has to be a plot point. It might just be something that amuses Martin. Like, oh, it turns out he's a Stark too. Yeah, I don't know. I maybe mean, and that goes back to my my fan fiction theory that maybe John will have to be the Night Like he'll have to be the Davy Jones, Orlando Bloom kind of thing. <laughs> right. Uh, second th- a- 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 attending theory is that Bran, already having established as an unusually powerful warg and three eyed raven, is getting some semblance of control or connection over the dead. So they're saying that like the fact that this army of the dead is forming into a Stark direwolf—that's a weird that, thing
0: for him to do,
1: right? Like he could like have them <laughs> drown in the sea, or he could have them form into a Stark, <laughs>
0: right, and continue their march toward the living. Uh,
1: that's that'll how embarrassing for the Night King, because <laughs> yeah. because this thing is like, like, can you imagine? He's a- flying on the dragon. He's like, yeah, kicking out like, oh, what the fuck?
0: <laughs> what the fuck? Direwolves?
2: Where's my spiral, guys?
0: He gets a hold of like the the Chinese Olympic halftime show <laughs> team. <laughs> They're all and doing this elaborate, their
1: yeah, based Tai Chi. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. I. I. I don't know. I don't know where it's going. I don't know where it's going. And I don't. Oh, that, that's great. That's the thing. Like I, I. Yeah. It's the perfect question. So what? What if he is a Stark? What does that change in the books? And I. That's a. That's a great question. I'll. I'll leave that with the listeners to see if they want to follow, follow through with it. Uh, Dana Kay, I didn't write in to correct it Because I thought a lot of other people would But you've now said on multiple occasions She's uh-huh. talking about Danny. I've been saying that Danny has not gotten her period And she smacks me down with the Dance of Dragons She goes, mm. "There's the exact text She was bleeding This is talking about Danny out in the fields of Drogon She's bleeding but it's only woman's blood The moon is still a crescent, though How can that be? She tried to remember the last time she had bled The last full moon? The one before? The one before that? No, it cannot have been so long as that she says, it sounds like she missed a period or two. This is why many have speculated probably rightly that in the books she's simply having a miscarriage. Hmm. So okay. she's either miscarrying uh, 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 Dario's co- kid or the Hizdars, the Zolorak, or whatever the hell his name is. Um, yes. I, so I completely boned that up. I thought it was a plot point that she, not just barren, but like she wasn't getting her quote-unquote hmm. moon's blood anymore. Hmm. Very convenient that she always bleeds on the full moon. I wonder yeah. if, like, all of Westeros and Essos is cycled up to where... It's just
0: uh, how it goes. Yeah. They're... they're uh, what's, what's the... The Westerosi maxi pad? Or, like, it's no, a boom, boom or, or bust operation over there. The orbital there. lock. The, the, orbital the, the, the tidal lock. The torbital lock. Yeah. They, they got... <laughs> uh-huh. uh, I don't know. Minstrel lock with the moon. Yeah,
1: sure. Yeah, it's it's all about... that's you know, because blood's mostly water. And <laughs> this, when, okay, when you got yeah. it all lined up like that, it's it uh-huh. just pulls it right out of you. <laughs> sure does. <laughs> it's mad you got magic seasons, why not? Why not? Why not? Um Rob B. So thanks for that correction. I that's um that was a shock to me. Uh Rob B. I feel that for Arya's story to achieve real closure, she has to have one major kill left in her that has to utilize her faceless man skills since they keep reminding us of her ability to take faces. Yeah. And it has to be a name on her list because that also has come up multiple times. Yeah, Littlefinger was big enough, but he was all too easy. Yep, I can't see... A, wow, I can't believe you're agreeing with all this. I can't <laughs> see a scenario where her art climaxes with the White Walkers' spy assassin abilities are wasted in a basically conventional war. I get the wild-ass guesses are a waste of your time, but my question for you is, who is left but Cersei? And the killing
0: of Cersei... As we talked, by Arya, the red woman is not um, who says she's going to come back to Westeros and die. Uh,
2: You're right, and she also
1: said that she looked in Arya's eyes and said they'll meet again. Yeah, that's
0: that's probably the answer. Yeah, Melisandre. Arya? Whose face would she take to do that? Because I mean, if you're going to say okay, she's got to use her skills, then. She well, needs to. Take the other a thing face. is, like, would maybe she
1: doesn't? Maybe this is something that Melisandre just has seen and accepted, much like Jojen did of his faith, and it'll be it'll be something because she's, you know, the other thing we learned last season is she's very old. That's a that's yeah. a very that was a theory that we had heard, but she like might might be unnaturally old. Mm-hmm um and maybe she is kind of like this is analogous to what people have read into like bingen's arc that like bingen was just tired of fighting and he's uh-huh. lived beyond his time and Ari is going to set her free so much as she is going to be getting her vengeance yeah cuz i don't i don't mm-hmm. agree that she needs like i think killing the entire frey house with the faceless man mask might be hmm. that like i don't know that i need to see her faceless man it up anymore I mean, yeah, I'm not saying a I don't. One. I'm not saying I don't, but I'm saying like I feel like uh, I don't need to see her use trickery because like if she kills Cersei, unless you know we talked about that theory of like Jaime trying to stop her from bleeding out her throat. Like I just that doesn't that doesn't feel it feels good for Arya's
0: arc. It doesn't feel fitting for Cersei's arc. You think maybe Arya's arc is basically over because. Like you said, that Walter Frey thing yeah. ticks all the boxes, right? Yeah. Faceless Man skills, killing someone on her list. She's now home. She's released Nymiria into the wild. Like she's no longer the lone wolf. I'm kind of bummed that Nymiria she... and her
1: wolf pack didn't figure larger into the plot either. Yeah, like I really thought that was going to be a thing.
0: I just think Arya's arc, now that you say it, might actually be over. We might have seen the climax of it. The mountain. I mean, because the thing is, the ma- like you can't, She can't kill the mountain because the the hound called Dibs. Yeah, who who would satisfy you more, the the hound killing the mountain or Arya? Oh, killing the the,
1: ma- mountain? the hound. Yeah, like right? I feel,
0: but on the other hand, and for Cersei, it would definitely oh, be Jaime or. But on the other
1: hand, uh, she has to kill the hound to kill the mountain. The 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 mount ma- the the hound just said, "I'm not going to get in her way."
0: Maybe he could. He could do it. Like, she. It, here's. Okay. speculative, Baseless speculation. Shh, the, she the, takes the hound's face. And then she doesn't kill the someone hound. off the hound. the hound just, just dies in battle. Okay. She takes his face however the she gets men, it. The faceless dude, the faceless men take the face from the people that go and poison themselves at the fountain, too. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Right. Maybe he's just done. And then. She takes his face and goes and kills the mountain. Boom. That's all, off that, the list.
1: That gives your check off a name on the list. It yep. gives you the faceless man power. It also allows that hound to, in a way, have a vengeance because Arya is his protege, right. as
0: well as she's wearing his face. Yeah. Possible. I mean, we're getting Possible. fan fiction-y here. But, we are, yeah. Um, I, mean, that's... I do think there's something to say for the idea that Arya's arc is mostly complete at this point. Or yeah. or even all the way complete as well. Yeah.
1: I mean, the, the, the her, if her arc is going to complete, it's got to be a journey away from being a psychopath and towards a more fully realized and actualized
0: person. And I feel like because, she just took a huge step in that direction coming back to Winterfell and reconnecting with Sansa. Yes. Yes, and finding a way to see past their childhood
1: pet and, and work yeah. together. And So I'm with you. I don't know
0: that I need more from her arc. I kind of want more, but, yeah. you know... Um, I think I'll always want more, though, even when the show is over release finally oh, yeah. reaches the climax. This is going to be and... like every
1: other beloved show I've had. Like, It's yeah. going to be like uh, Breaking Bad. It's going to be like uh, The Leftovers. It's going to be like all these shows that have, that have wrapped up in a satisfying way. It's like, man, yeah. I'm really going to miss it. Mm-hmm. I would like to watch a lot more. And the thing is, HBO seems like they're going to promise us a lot more in this universe. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, at least one spinoff.
1: Uh, Mike, is there a precedent for animal whites in the books? Are there, like, white raccoons or birds or (laughs) ocelots out there? Yeah, just the ocelots. Just the ocelots. The white, white raccoons. They're just, they're, they, they, uh. At, it's the only animal during, dumb enough to be turned. I was say during the witching hour they come and 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 invade all of the trash cans of the north <laughs> with their friends, yeah. with their uh, opposable thumbs. You Thought rabies was bad. Wait till you get bit <laughs> by one of them. White rabies. Yep. Um, I don't think so. Like in the hmm. books. And the books, the, the, the White Walkers are described, the others are described as riding, like, ice spiders in the battle. Okay. Like, I don't like this whole thing where they're riding um, skeletal horses, I think, is a show construct. And the polar bears seems to be something that the Double D's had a boner for, uh, period. Uh, so I don't think so. It makes sense. Like, I don't know why. You know, like, like it's kind of like the, like, like brand Bran. Warged into an animal, but he also could warg into a human, and there's some yeah. stuff in the the prologue and epilogues of dance where you see a skin a skin changer um, from the wildling skin change skin changer try to warg into a human, and it just goes spectacularly bad uh, like it's a big taboo you're not supposed to do it hmm. and he, he he tries to warg into a woman as he's about to die, and she just goes insane starts ripping her face apart, and then he settles for warging into a wolf huh uh before he dies. So but but Bran can do it. Or he can do it at least with Hodor, yeah, who's got some some, some brain damage. So I, I, it seems like you like like the white walkers can only raise up like undead humans, but maybe exception, exceptionally powerful ones can, can do animals. Or maybe it's easier to do animals. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't have enough information out there. But yeah, I've never I've never heard of a white animal in the books, but I will also wouldn't bet my life on, yeah. on it. Uh, so that's it. That's the feedback we had this week. All right, uh, cool. Again, we'll be back next week for a, a, a season wrap up and a spoiler season wrap up. And then the week after that, we'll start our consumption of season two. And mm-hmm. we will have a, we will not have separate podcasts like we did before. We'll have a, uh, a, a spoiler free recap and feedback session. So if you want to, if you're, if you have uh I guess this that's nobody more for, here, yeah, would nobody here not would have seen nobody this is not for for your guys, but <laughs> the way we do it is we do spoiler free and then we do we play the music at the end of the podcast and then we add a spoiler version. Yeah. And last week it turned into, you know, just in, like like impacts of this episode on future plots or like, you know, right. relevant pieces of foreshadowing, but it also turned into just theory of the week stuff too it's just Mm -hmm. like an on like that's the current ongoing conversation about game of thrones so um i'm excited about that to 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 fill out our game of thrones catalog a little bit more yeah um and uh but yeah that's that's our plans for coverage and also we you know as we mentioned in the housekeeping section we've got lots and lots of stuff coming up we've got uh, mr robot coming up we've got uh um, Stranger Things coming up that we're going to we're going to prime the pump a bit by doing a complete rewatch of season one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, what's the other thing? We got Walking Dead coming Walking up. Walking Dead. Yep. Uh me and Cecily are starting the American horror story cult season hmm. uh next week. Uh lots lots of cool stuff coming down the pike. it's it's it's, it's it, we're not pulling up our tent stakes and riding into off into the sunset just because Game of Thrones is over. We're we're keeping on rolling. So uh, join us at baldmove.com, follow us on the social media, all the social media at Bald Move. Send in your feedback at GameOfThrones at BaldMove.com, and uh, we will see you here next week. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.